What's up, guys? This is Kelly, and welcome to the Ringer Podcast Network. Make sure to check out the latest addition to the Ringer lineup, Music Exists. Each week, Chris Ryan and Chuck Klosterman ask and answer questions about their love of music while exploring the role of concerts, locations, fandom, criticism, genre, lyrics, and much, much more. You can listen to new episodes of Music Exists and follow along every week for free on Spotify. To this week's episode of the JJ Reddick podcast with Tommy Alter. We are back. Back in NOLA. You landed in NOLA this afternoon and you snuck in a pre 2 p.m. visit before they closed to Turkey and the Wolf. They closed at 5. I got there at 4. I got there at 4 54. (laughs) I called it in to make sure that they were not going to have me show up there. uh, That is fantastic. The collard green melt is on another level. I said this to you when I walked in the room, but I feel like at some point we'll start getting free stuff from them. I mean, we need to. We've probably mentioned them three times in seven episodes, um, which from a ratio standpoint seems It's about 42.3%. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say that if we get to five or six and we don't get free stuff, I feel like we need to start feeling like we're maybe not uh, welcome there anymore. You wanted to ask me about... My injury, right? Yeah. So you're you're hurt. So what's yeah, the deal? Let me address this. <laughs> Talk about it. Uh, yeah. So Friday against the Cavaliers came in the game, and I uh, was coming off a screen on the baseline, and uh, I think it was Colin Sexton, but he, whoever was guarding me shot the gap, and uh, I kind of planted to like fade to the corner, and just felt a little little pull on it, you know, little little yank, Did and you know then right away. Yeah, yeah, I did. Because I, I had kind of tweaked this in the exact same spot in January and missed three games and then kind of played through it after that. It was like one of those things that like I could tolerate the discomfort and pain. And then um, so I went back to the locker room and I told him, I was like, this is you know worse than that. And they sent me, I left the arena. They sent me to get an MRI straight away. And then I got PRP done the next morning. So we're like a week out tomorrow. And I I basically have tr- done nothing and tried to let this PRP sink in. So I'm, you know, I don't know when I'll be back. We're definitely at some point in the next, you know, couple of weeks. What is your, on a macro level, not even like this injury in particular, what's your level of frustration like at your lack of ability to do your normal routine? Oh, man. Because that's the killer. It's like you're used to doing one thing, one thing, one thing, yeah. one thing. And then all of a sudden it's like, boom, you can't do it. I've been so antsy. been yelling at my children. Just screaming at them. <laughs> Wake up at 6 a.m. <laughs> like a drill sergeant. No, no I, I, it's, it's, it totally throws me off. And it's also weird because there's when your team is out there on the court competing, there's this sense of shame and guilt yeah. that you're not, you can't go out there and help them. You, and you feel, you feel almost detached from the rest of the group. And this this is a reason like I like I, I always kind of check in with Darius Miller because like he this guy you know he's he tore his Achilles so he's out the whole season and I can't imagine what he's sort of gone through this year it's got to be incredibly well, difficult you, you've never really had a season ending injury right no I've had basically 
two injuries that were long term. Yeah. And one, I missed the last 17 games of the regular season. With, I tore two abdominal muscles in in Orlando, like but almost 10 we, years but ago. But then did you come and back? I played in the playoffs. playoffs yeah. yeah. And then like, I had surgery after the playoffs. Like, do you think that if you, like, with Darius, for example, with KD in Brooklyn, when you just know you're not playing, like you've been ruled out since October or November, whatever it is, does it make it easier in a way where you don't have the thing in the back of your mind being like, I might be coming back, I might be coming back, I might be coming back. And then you put this kind of like clock in your head about needing to try to sort of like force yourself back before you're ready. I think th- I, that's interesting. I think the the clock in the head is 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 a problem for me because – if they tell me it's going to take three weeks, then I want to come back in two weeks. Yeah. Whereas if if the injury takes three and a half or four weeks to heal, then that's what I've got to give it. Yeah. And I think a lot of times I get to the point because, I, again, I've never had major ones, but I, I've had enough injuries where I get to the point and I'm like, OK, I can tolerate it. I can compensate enough where I can play through this. You know, when I like broke my wrist in L.A. and tore a ligament in my wrist – like it was a six to eight week injury and I was like practicing literally five weeks after no surgery. And I just practiced five weeks after. And, you know, I, it was in my mind like, Oh, I, I mean, I kind of can shoot, but let's in a week I'll be able to shoot good and I, yeah. I can play, you know? I think it's natural though. I think that, I mean, this is even a thing with just regular people with exercise, you know, if someone's like a runner or something like that and all of a sudden they can't do it for two weeks, it, it drives you crazy because you build up these routines and all of a sudden, your your body sort of lets you down and breaks down. And you, there's nothing you can do about it. I went antique shopping today. How was that? <laughs> it was, Did you buy anything? I was antiquing in the French Quarter. There's a gentleman named Dale at one of the antique shops who uh, I visited with before. He's he's a great fellow, <laughs> but he um, he was talking. He plays pickleball. <laughs> what and is pickleball? He, I, apparently, it's, I have no idea. He tried to explain the rules to me. I, he told me to come and watch him at some point. But this Dale, is an older guy. Like, Dale's how, about like sixty. How? Dale's about sixty, and um, he was telling me about all the sort of uh, nagging injuries that he has and from so pickleball. He, from pickleball, and he so he was trying to get some recovery tips for. Can me we today. go play pickleball with him? I'm sure we. I'm sure he'd like love we to teach this, us. I feel like we can do this tomorrow. I don't know if this is bad for uh, your rehab, but no, I can't. I'm not. I can't move right now. I can't move right Why now. Why is Steph playing? Why I know. Not? I'm not asking like obviously you yeah. don't necessarily have the specific answer, but yeah. from my perspective, it's a team you guys just played them. It's a team that obviously is not making the playoffs. Right. They have a ton of injuries. They have a ton of guys that are either out for the year or or sitting out for various things. Da, da, da. So there's that. Second thing is to your point, the thing we were talking about before about rushing back from injuries. Obviously, he's been cleared and he thinks he's ready to go and everything like yeah. that, but there still is a risk when you've had an injury like that of coming back. And the third thing is they want a high draft pick. Right. And so do you think that's just him being is that a is it a a pride thing about just not wanting to sit out there? I can't speak for Steph. Why are you asking me this? I'm saying I'll you, say a very general you and thing. You, in your own if mind. a player is I've I again God, I don't want to do this, but I'm going to have to drop this line. But again, up until this year, and and hopefully it's 14 for 14, I've never missed the playoffs. So I've never been on a team where they're like, all right, we're going to shut this guy down. Yeah. So, But I've always thought there's a – I don't know the thought process with that and what those conversations are like. But I would just always be of the mind that if you're healthy, you would play play. and you would want to play. And 
You're professional. I also think that there's a, you know, I know with me that it's this way, but I know with Steph, like his greatest joy, I, I would assume, other than being a dad, is is playing basketball. Yeah. And to get that taken away for a long stretch of time, you miss it, you need it, you're addicted to it, you want to go do it. Uh, let's segue into our power rankings. rankings. Yeah. Yeah. You had this idea. And I yes. and I'm and I think we're both a little guilty of this, but I know that I'm very guilty of this, and that I I talk about these restaurants that I go to, and uh, they're a little unrealistic. <laughs> they're just insanely expensive I, restaurants. It's not like yeah, okay. it's every every other episode. And by the way, it's like it's great to talk about, but every other episode, it's like okay, you're talking about a restaurant that costs eight hundred dollars to go to. Okay. And by the way, it's of course you you've made a lot of money, you work very hard, you deserve it. But, da, da, da. but everybody listening to the show can't go to French Laundry. Well, I just want to clarify. Can't go I'm, to not, I'm not going. I'm not going. Okay, Alinea and French Laundry within the span of like two weeks, that's a rarity. That never happens. Okay. Those restaurants like once every two or three year type places. Let's let's be clear. Yeah. Okay. I dine at normal places when I dine out. Okay. I think we just have to have a, we have to, we have to, I'm not fluctu- spending $800 on every we have to, time. We have to I fluctuate, to you know, you can do the high end and we're going to do some wine stuff on the show, which you're going to, that you're going to pick out some of the expensive bottles of wine. But at the same point, we also want to highlight some other places around the country that are not expensive that anybody can go to. Okay. So, so we're going to do some cheap eats. Yes. I don't even know that with this some, is a power with, ranking, but this is just, this is just some, some recommendations. I hate the pop- word cheap. <laughs> I would say inexpensive, less expensive, less expensive. Oh, ten, no, but but specifically, specifically ten bucks or under a meal for ten dollars or under, which is tricky in a way because a like snack. like for example, the sandwich I had today cost twelve dollars. So I wouldn't. It's one of the best sandwiches in the country, but it wouldn't count on this list. I just looked up how much the pork and pepper sandwich cost at Turkey and the Wolf, and it's eleven dollars and fifty cents. So that's out. If you're cool. If you're cool spending over 10 bucks under Go 15, get it. get it, get it. That's the third mention of Turkey <laughs> and the Wolf on this episode alone. If Honestly, if they don't give us free shit by like this time next week. Did you know, by the way, I did not know this, uh, whatever it was, 2017 or 2018, whatever year it was that they were like up for best new restaurant, Bon Appetit named them the best new restaurant in the country. Yeah. It's on the Yelp. That's insane. I man. believe it. I believe it. It's at the place is on another level. Yeah. All right. I'll go first. Okay. Go ahead. I'm going to run through these. Number five, your favorite place, one of your favorite places in the world, Sidecar Donuts Mm. in Santa Monica. So I'm going to preface this by saying I don't particularly like donuts. Mm. I almost never eat them by choice. I'll I'll have them if somebody brings them into the office or something like that, but it's not a thing that I will seek out almost ever. Do you prefer chocolate croissants? Is that a thing? I prefer croissants. I prefer cookies. I, I don't really like cake either. Cook, chocolate chip cookies are like a nightmare for me. Like I, I can't not eat them. But so, so I don't love donuts. There's a place in Santa Monica on Wilshire called Sidecar Donuts. There's also one in Costa Mesa for all you Orange County people. I didn't realize that. I only knew about the one in Santa Monica, which is at another level. It is 50 times better than any donut I've ever had they're in my life. They're cake donuts and they're dense. I mean, you eat one of those and- you're good for the next four to six hours. Yes. You don't need to eat again. You don't need to eat again. It's a, it's a, it is actually two of them, which I've done before in one sitting. I don't eat till the next day. (laughs) One example of how good these things are. I would say maybe a year ago when you were in New York and I was in LA and I think you were hurt. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do something nice for my friend because I never do anything nice for anybody. I decided I was going to bring sidecar donuts from Los Angeles to you in New York. And so I flew on a red eye 
got a box, brought them on, put them in the overhead storage thing. They got, they didn't get squished, but they got a little bit dented. Ended up lugging them around. I didn't see you until the following night. Ended up lugging them around the city all day long in this box. It would get to you, I'd say, 27 hours after I bought them. Still good. It's they just, were still good. And I, that was one of the nicest things anybody has ever, ever done, done for me. It's definitely super the nicest thing I've thoughtful. done for somebody in years. I haven't done anything like that super since. Super thoughtful. And looking back, I don't. we weren't even that close then. And yeah. now we've gotten closer. And, and now there's I an expectation. I wouldn't do it. <laughs> You were, I saw on your Instagram story, you were literally there either yesterday there, or the day I before. There, I was there two days ago and I tagged you knowing <laughs> you tagged me. And I thought, <laughs> I thought when I walked into this room that there would be a six pack of the salt and butter. No, no, we had that one. Uh, we had the moment. And that was okay. All right. right. For yeah, hold on. I, real quick. I have a donut on my list. So let's, I'll say my donut. So there's yeah. this place in Sag Harbor on Main Street. It's called Grindstone Donuts. And, um, they do uh they do some some yeast donuts, they do some some cake donuts, but they have a they I like filled donuts. I'm a big filled donut guy, and they do a churro filled donut. And it is sensational. So the inside you know, is, like churros you chocolate. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that sounds insane. It's insane. Um and I would say I, I like is it grindstone. Uns- better than sidecar? I, it's one. Wow. Sidecar two. Jesus. Yeah. And then uh, three for me is here in New Orleans, it's district. I love district donuts. Take my kids every Your Sunday. Kids love donuts. We go That's every Sunday it. morning. It's our it's our thing. It is a good. Even, yeah. I I not taking back my not liking them. It's a great routine to have. Yeah. Like I used to do it when I lived in the West Side of L.A. As I would go there every Saturday. Yeah. You just stop in and you just have it, and it's not good for you, but whatever. Four. I'm gonna run through these real quick. Four. Veracruz. Let's run through them. Run through them. Ta- Let's Veracruz go. tacos in Austin, Texas. God, love it. Best breakfast tacos on the planet. Everything there, I think, is under ten dollars. I mean, they have regular tacos. They have everything. Place is great. Three Hattie B's hot chicken in Nashville. It's like seven or eight dollars, something like that. Probably the best chicken in the country, in my mind. I mean, it's a hot take, and I definitely haven't had everything. What's the other place in Nashville besides Hattie B's? Is it Prince's? I'm actually going there. I think we did a guys' weekend two summers ago. And we did one of the hot chicken places. And we should say, and it was sensational. If anyone listening to this is from Nashville. Prayers to you guys because the tornado is horrible. Number two, you told me about one of the craziest dining experiences in the country for me, South Philly Barbacoa. Oh. So to preface to give you the give the quick backstory on this, and there's a chef's table on Netflix that you guys can watch if you're interested. There's a place on Ninth Street in Philly that is by like Gino's and all the cheesesteak places and everything like that. Um, that is a Basically like a one step above a taco stand. It's a storefront, but it's not a real restaurant or anything like that. Like they don't take your order. They only serve barbacoa tacos. They don't have anything else. So they don't, there's no vegetarian option. There's no vegan option. There's no chicken. There's no fish. It's just shredded beef. How much are the tacos? $2, $3. $2? Amazing. I got in trouble because I said they were the best tacos in the country, which people were like, there's no fucking way Philadelphia is the best tacos in the country. The other weird thing about it, just so you know, if you're trying to go, is the hours. The hours are insane, and I fundamentally, it was explained to me by Brian McGinn uh, why the hours were like this. The guy that uh, makes Chef's Table, but basically, this the place is only open three days a week, and it's open from five a.m. till they run out, which is around three or four p.m. 
And so my question to him was like, why the fuck would you have a barbacoa taco at 5.45 in the morning? Like who, who is the audience for that? And basically what he said was in Mexico where the chef is from, it's a breakfast food. So it's like Veracruz. So it actually is something that is people would have for breakfast. Why you're open at 5 a.m., I don't know. But either way, the place is amazing. Number one, you needed pizza on here. Prince Street Pizza, best slice in New York, 250 a slice. Lines out the door, but it's worth it. That's it. Um, I also had a pizza by the slice on mine. It was Joe's in the West Village. Um, really? It's highly overrated. <laughs> highly overrated. But it's the most, in my mind, New York, quintessential New York slice of pizza. Joe's is um, like number eight on my list. Great. That's great. In terms of pizza, it's also out of outside of my top five, well outside of my top five. But Lucali is $26 for a pizza. So again, we're doing under $10, okay? Can I give you a hot take? Okay. There's 99 cent slices that are better than Joe's. Oh my God. <laughs> All right. Where was I? Oh, breakfast food. Brother's Burrito in Hermosa Beach. Great burritos. They make the eggs right after you order them. They mix the chorizo in, the chorizo and egg. It's $6.40. Sensational. I do want to mention, uh, we talk about this all the time. I'm very disappointed in America in general that there's not more of a breakfast taco culture. Yeah, this makes you mad. It makes me upset. And there really is In Austin, which I lived in Austin in off-season for three off-seasons, I would get breakfast tacos nearly every morning. You you could you would go into like a gas station on the side of the highway, fill up your gas, walk in, and there'd be these delicious breakfast tacos for like two bucks. And you could go in, grab two or three of them. Let's say you're going out to the golf course, you're going to your workout in the morning, whatever it may be, and just fill up real quick. It's the best thing ever. And then you have places like Veracruz and Torchies and Taco Deli that have just these amazing breakfast tacos. I, I'm just cheese, chorizo, and eggs. Like that's that's, that's it. yeah, that's, that's my go-to. And occasionally, if I'm feeling fancy, avocado. But you start adding, adding avocado to a burrito, and you probably after sales tax is going to go over ten dollars. Yeah. So again, that's why I did. I just said yep. cheese or cheddar cheese, chorizo, egg. Okay, so here's a general one for me. But I love oysters. So happy hour oysters. You can get six happy hour oysters in general. Yeah, in general it doesn't count. Yes, it does. You get <laughs> does a half dozen of those. That doesn't count at all. It's the least specific and a cold thing ever. Beer for like three bucks. Six plus two. That's nine dollars. That's under ten dollars. Just this name is, a place. This name is, a good no, place that has like oysters. Thing happy with, hour oysters. This is like dollar. my college scandal last time, where you were like, "That doesn't count." That doesn't. You can't just say a, a generic oysters okay. are under ten dollars. We should also mention this has been pointed out to me by a lot of people on this the top five sports cheating scandals. We somehow left out Lance, Lance Armstrong. Armstrong. Yeah, that was egregious. That was egregious. We, we apologize. Have a, we have one other thing that we have to mention about the last episode. <laughs> the fact that you said a college admission scandal was related to oh, sports. Oh, I stand by it. No, not that. I think you have to clarify because you were not wrong, but you have to clarify to the audience Larry Bird and Steve Nash's omission from the list of best shooters. Oh, because tier people, one, tier two. Yes. I couldn't remember if I put myself in tier two or you guys put me in tier two. We put you in tier two and you said you were at the bottom of tier two. Okay. So you you were humble. I'm okay. I don't like to rank myself. It's kind of like when I was in fifth grade, it was my first year of public school and they would do student of the month. Yeah. And everybody would vote. And even if it was my turn to win, 
I would not vote for myself. I'm not going to vote for myself, even if I'm nominated. You guys nominated me. I'm not voting for myself. I'm going to take myself out of tier two. The reason I didn't put Larry Bird. By the way, no one had a, no one had a problem with you being in tier two. And Steve Nash yeah. in tier one or tier two. I, I was under the assumption that we were talking about sort of the high volume three-point shooters. Obviously, I nobody like shooters don't even like, we're going to talk at some point with Duncan Robinson about this, but shooters don't even like to be labeled shooters. But we, I was just talking high volume three-point shooters, guys that are sort of like in that tier of Steph, Reggie, and Ray. That's all I was talking about, okay? Nash is one Good. of the best shooters Steve ever Steve if pissed. you want to call him a shooter. <laughs> Larry's one of the best shooters ever if you want to call him a shooter. That's fine. Daryl Morey. That's fine. <laughs> Why did Daryl Morey have to get involved? He decided to just chime in on this list. It's not the first time he's chimed in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, are you done with your five? Yeah, I, that's, I only had four. I only had four. What have you... Uh, Mainly because <laughs> I rarely eat if anything under, under $10. <laughs> <laughs> I rarely eat anything over $250. <laughs> true. <laughs> we need a board on the road. You haven't done one in a couple weeks. Uh, have, I been, have, I, have I been on the road? Yeah. Here's my boredom. Do you, want to know last, my, you were in Dallas. I want to bring up. Ago. I want to bring up. Hold on. <laughs> no, I, I didn't go on the trip. Oh, you didn't go on the trip. Oh. Yeah, I didn't go on the trip. Team had a back to back. We had today off. I went in early this morning. I dropped my kids off. Went in early this morning. Got my treatment done. Went and met Chelsea at about 1030 this morning. We walked to Royal Street in the French Quarter. We spent about three hours antiquing there. Then we took an Uber to uh, magazine street and spent another two hours antiquing. So although I wasn't bored on the road, I was bored <laughs> at home today because at no point in time in my NBA career, have I had nearly six hours to go antique shopping. This is driving you crazy. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Ridiculous. It's amazing. This is a, it's a, you're truly like you're seeing a, oh a flash God. forward to the rest of your life. I actually had that thought today. Where you don't have the regiment of you I'm have like, to be. What? I got to find something where I have a little bit of structure. I want some freedom, but I need a little structure. This episode of the JJ Reddick podcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, now the official sportsbook of the ringer. America's number one online sportsbook for a reason. They've got all the bets you could want. Great, easy to use app, new promotions every day. And once you win, they get your cash fast. And now, if you've been holding out on trying FanDuel Sportsbook, now's the time. FanDuel is giving 25 bucks in free bets with no deposit required for FanDuel Sportsbook. You can do some NBA. You can get some March Madness ready. That's a huge March Madness weekend coming up with everyone trying to win the conference tournaments, all that stuff. Just sign up with the promo code REDICK. R-E-D-I-C-K to get 25 bucks in free bets with no deposit required. Promo code REDICK. Free $25 sign-up bonus. Now the legal stuff. 21 plus president in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Indiana. Site credit non-withdrawable. Expires seven days after receipt. $10 minimum deposit required to withdraw any winnings. Terms apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. It's allergy season, and you know what that means. Sneezing, watery eyes, runny nose, the works. So you head to the pharmacy in search of relief. But research shows that 80% of allergy sufferers fail to select the best medication off the shelf to treat their symptoms. On the flip side, you could end up spending forever in a specialist waiting room or trying to get an appointment to get prescription treatment. Allergies suck. We all have them. We all deal with them. 
But our friends at Roman are now offering prescription allergy relief delivered right to your door. Roman takes the guessing game out of finding the right allergy treatment. Pick up your phone or laptop and complete a free online visit with a U.S. licensed physician. And they'll develop a personalized allergy treatment plan that works just for you. All of Roman's allergy treatment options were hand-selected by their board-certified ENT, so you know you're getting expert recommendations. And speaking of the pharmacy, don't even go there. Roman's Pharmacy will ship your medication directly to your door with free two-day shipping. You also get free unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime you have questions or want to talk about adjusting your treatment plan. With Roman, there are no commitments and you can cancel anytime. Stop wandering aimlessly through the allergy treatment aisle at the pharmacy. Go to GetRoman.com slash Reddick for a free online visit today. That's GetRoman.com slash R-E-D-I-C-K. Eligibility requirements and additional terms apply. We're now joined by my ex-teammate, Jimmy Butler of the Miami Heat. Jimmy, first of all, we haven't had a proper cheers. Congrats to you. Thank you, brother. On a, on a great contract. Uh, ended up in a great situation. Oh, yeah. All-star this year. You guys are rolling. It's out. I'm happy it's for out. you, man. Thank you. I man. told you this when I saw yeah, you no. in November. I know. But I'm super happy for you. And for Duncan. You told me you were super happy for Duncan, too. Why was I super happy for he Duncan? Did, he did. Like, he shot a lot of threes in the game. He was like, damn, that was impressive. Oh. He didn't make a lot that game. He I did like something. He, I think he shot like 15 threes in a game or yeah. 18 threes in a game. It was something crazy like that. Tell, I said, tell Duncan. Yeah. Congrats. Like that's, and then you said, uh, I'm happy for him. Or something like that. I got to go back to my text messages. It's, it's something. you like me and Duncan. on. Who's the team. young guy that you have taken under the wing this year? Tyler. Tyler Hero. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about this. He's a, he's a lot like you, man. A lot like, like me? In the sense of like, I, you're like a a black, white guy to me. Like your your steez, like how you go about shit. Like it's just like, when mm, I first, mm, first met mm. JJ, I was like, this motherfucker went to sleep. I was like, oh yeah, <laughs> JJ got some shit too. Tyler <laughs> is the exact same way. Right. He can't swim, which is stereotypical. So I was like, man, when I first met him, like even his mannerism, the way he talks, and it's the part that really pisses me off. He got two younger brothers, and they are just like him. So there's just three like of them, them run around. Yeah, from the outside, I, I don't know Tyler. I've never yeah. met him. I haven't even spoke to him. But his swag is crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Just it's 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 different. And he he loves it. That's why I love his him, fits. His he fits, his care. fits are crazy, man. He doesn't care. He's he's him. No matter if he's in Miami. In Milwaukee, anywhere in the world, Tyler's going to be Tyler. Did you know right away, first time you met him? Uh, I, I knew it was going to be good because the way that he works, he, he works as though he's been in the league for uh, so many years. But with that being said, like from day one, Coach Pat and Coach Bo was just nailing that in his head. Like, you're going to work. We don't care that you were the, what's Tyler, the 13th pick. We don't care. We don't care that you were one and done. Like, you're going to work. You're going to earn everything here. And he's done that. He's done that. You guys have a lot of good players. I mean, they have the Pelicans have a little bit of the same issue where you have two. It's almost like you have too many players for the spots you have on the court. Like, Duncan is another example of this. But before you say that, were they good players before, before? we were winning? Yeah, I mean, it's a good question. I don't know. I'm asking you. I'm on your podcast, now. I'm asking you questions. Which is, which is I don't know. What do you think? Y'all had good players, or the Pelicans got good players in Brandon Ingram, Drew Holiday, Lonzo, Zion. Right, 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 right. Like, these guys are, you're talking top five picks, right? Like, 
they're supposedly supposed to be the good players. Yeah. If we are, obviously, if we're, I don't know, 20 and however many, are they still good players? Are you saying that Miami Heat, like you guys are like all underdogs? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I would love to say that, but we do have really good players. Don't get me wrong. But I'm saying because we're winning, everybody gets the the recognition oh, that for they sure. deserve. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So if we're but there's losing, like there's like this. I feel like it's especially since like LeBron left, there's like this mentality and it's an every it's it's there's an underlying sort of theme with like this underdog thing and this grit thing in every quote that I read on Hoops Hype that comes out of a Miami Heat person. The shit is real. It's real. And I think Spo says it the best. This shit ain't for everybody. And it's not. The way that we move, the way that we operate, it's not for everybody. And everybody can't make it. Uh, but give, for the people give me that we a, have, Give me like a real world example of that. Like what it, what it, in terms of training or preparation that's different? Well, you also play for Tibbs too. I, exactly. So, you know, I, yeah. I kind of got a little glimpse of it. But um, no matter if you're on a, a minimum contract or a max contract, everybody's running that condition and test at the beginning of the year. No matter if you're on a minimum contract, a max contract, everybody's showing up to the plane in heat gear. Like it's it's the smallest things that just show who that organization is. I mean, come on, Coach Pat is in every practice at every home game. He's on a lot on the road. Um, but it's like all hands on deck. Everybody's in this thing. And we're not we're not. But you ever have, to, you to, have to get this is the NBA. You have to get buy-in from the best players. Yeah. You, I, so you buy into that yeah. from day one? Day one. And I like you, it. You like it. I like it. I like I like militant shit like that, though. Like, fucking do it. Right. I, like, I, I like it. I like when everybody is able to, to be on the same page and, and nobody's more special than the next guy. Now, don't get me wrong. There are levels to it. I'm not saying, like, me and this guy do everything the exact same way. No. But majority of the time... That that really do be the case. Like we don't we don't care who you are, what name you have. We're all doing it this way. Are you surprised? I mean, Tyler's one, Duncan's another. Who we're gonna have come down a little bit later. Are you surprised with some of these young guys that they've been able to sort of keep up with you? Because you're like you'll whip the you'll kick their ass. Like you'll whip mm-hmm. them in the shape and Spo will and Pat whatever like that. And so like to your point about it not being for everybody. Like I think for certain young players, you know, no matter where you were drafted or where you put in college or whatever, there's a learning curve about like, okay, now you're in the big leagues and you're with guys who are gunning for you all the time. Like, do you think that that's just the culture that was like, they're here, they're here for a reason mentally? Yeah. Without a doubt. But you got to also think like nothing really was, was handed to these guys. We're not talking about Nothing against number one picks, number two picks, nothing against those guys because yeah. I was a number three pick. So I can't ever be mad at that. I was actually number 30. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I'm not saying number three, though. It just fits. It just fits. Yeah. Uh, so the guys that we have, we we legit think like, man, this guy, this is who you picked before me. Yeah. And so we just, we go about everything every day like that. What do you think it is about like the heat, though, that they're able to identify? guys like that i don't know because they're like searching them out but bam is like that too that guy like that unbelievable no yeah bam got some shit to him too like 
He takes a lot of things personal, but in the right way. And Bam is a lot like me when he will cuss you out. And he's cussed me out on, on countless occasions because I may not be doing what he knows that I'm capable of. Not saying that it wasn't good, yeah. but you got another gear and I know you can do it. I've seen you do it. And we expect you to do that every single game. And I think that's our biggest thing right now. Like, we have some big times, win, big time wins. And then we think that, yo, we're good. We're good. We're good. And we lay an egg so many times. Not saying you can't be beat by anybody in this league, but that's what I'm saying. Like, we're expected to do this every single day, every single game. So when we don't, we're disappointed in ourselves. That's the worst. That's the worst. Like, Spo don't even have to say nothing. He just come in the locker room and just look, and we're all like, fuck. Have you ever had a locker room or a culture like this before in your career? Nah. At no point? Nope. What about like early Chicago days? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Not like this. Really? Not like this, yeah. Chicago was was way different uh, because whenever I got to Chicago, you're talking MVP Rose, Joe Kim in his prom, Lou Al in his prom. So like – those guys were moving way differently than a lot of other people. Um, and with that being said, uh, back in the day, like when I came into the league, the partying scene was like out of this world. So I'm looking at it like these guys are at the absolute peak of the NBA. And I can see how you could easily get lost in this thing. So it, it scared me. I was like, man everything's right there at your fingertips. If you get lost in the mix of going and doing that and doing that pretty soon, you could be out of the league. And that's why I respected those guys so much. Cause they stayed in like tip top shape and stayed away from that. Or if they did go do whatever, nobody ever knew about it. Right. You, you think the I'm party saying? was crazier then than it is now? Man. Yeah. Yeah. I too. Without a doubt. That's I super think. interesting. I feel like it would be the, why do you think that is? I feel like, most guys back then though I think for social media has something to do with it for sure agreed. phones like, agreed every, so, yeah. a, a lot of things careful. you don't want to be bothered especially like night before a game mm-hmm. or even if you're staying in a city after a game like you just don't want to be bothered like so you're gonna chances are you're gonna go to dinner and have some wine yeah or participate in other recreational things but I, I think yeah. I think it's more so like the league is so young now so a lot of these guys just play video games and you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Back in the day, you grown men was in the league, like the entire roster on teams. Like, I don't know what the average age would be, but majority of everybody was of drinking age. Yeah. So you could go have a beer. If you drink beer, have wine. Hell, have three shots of tequila if you want. So I, I definitely think it was way more drinking and other shit going on back then. It's interesting. It feels like it's like we're on the – because they said that. They would have said that about the, the generation before them as well. Obviously, the NBA in the 70s and 80s was way crazier than anything that happened when you came into the league. And Social so it's like it's on, the, fucked it all up. it's on the better trajectory because of what the phone. What fucked it up? Social media. Oh. Fucked it, it really all up. It really did. It really no, did. Yeah. Can't do nothing no yeah. more. Camera's always on you. You can't – also, you can't party and do your 3.30 a.m. workouts. What – Um, I, I want to ask you a question. Mm-hmm. If I'm working out at 9 a.m., but I go really hard, yeah. does that mean I'm a hard worker? Yeah, you you are okay. a worker. Yeah, it's, it's it's you can work hard at whatever point that you want to work hard at. Three p.m. I mean, like three p.m. That's pushing. <laughs> Is it too late? That's pushing it. Three p.m. Wait till. What 3? are you doing before three p.m.? I have no idea. I I don't do that. I know. I'm just yeah. saying. Like, I don't. The re, the reason I do it one, I saw uh, 
Mark Wahlberg do it. And I, I give him a, a lot of credit because that motherfucker has everything. Yeah. He has it. So but, is it legit with him, the 2.30 a.m.? Because yeah. I saw that schedule. Nah, the not, schedule was insane. Not, he did, he did the sketch with uh, Corden. Recently. But I never know yeah. how much of it is like, nah, I'm just putting it out there life. how much actually real. He one of the realest human beings I've I've ever been around. And he works every single day like that motherfucker has nothing. And it's inspiring. Uh, it's so many other words. So when I, I saw that shit for the first time, I was like, look, man. This man is doing it and he got everything and I don't got shit. There's got to be something in it. Yeah. And now that I do it, like it's, it's happening. I got the rest of my day to do whatever I want. So what's the, how does, hold on. How, what does he do to enjoy himself? Who, Mark? Yeah. Be around his people, one. Okay. Drink wine. He, he really does enjoy working, whether he's reading books or, or reading scripts, figuring out his car dealership as you could go to his social media. Check out Mark Wahlberg Chevrolet. They got some type of deal going on. I saw it. Uh, <laughs> what? That's what I meant. He do. Mark Wahlberg has a Chevrolet dealership? Yeah. Wow. He's hustling. Man, he's look, got his man. hands in everything. I saw... Uh, he, by the way, he's fucking everything up for every watch collector. Yeah. Because he's he got buying... It. Everything. Everything he got him, it. Kevin Hart and Ellen. You yeah. can, like you. I, I used to have a hookup with the the Patek and Forget Rolex place it. in Beverly Hills. Yep. No, Mm-mm. they get everything. They're buying everything. It's sick. So are they just stashing them? I'm just uh, waiting for dude, the Mark wears and K Hart. So yeah, Mark and Kevin wear, wear them. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And he he got me in that as well. Like I watches and wine. That, that's from that's from that guy. <laughs> now, keep in mind, I don't do it the way they do it because my money's not the way that their money is. But I dabble in it a little bit, for sure. Yeah, it's good to dabble. Yeah, it's good to dabble. What was the original connection with Mark? Uh, I know you told me one time, but man, he was in uh, Chicago filming for Transformers, and then he wanted to uh, he wanted to play basketball with like his his guys, so they put him in the Berto Center, which was where the Bulls used to practice. Way up north. Now we're down. We now they're downtown. <laughs> I do that all the time. Like I'll sign twenty one on stuff, twenty two on stuff, twenty three on stuff. Like yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's where they used to practice, and he was in there filming one day, and then they call me back to uh, to go shoot with him. We end up hooping. Next day, he's like, "Yo, come to the set," and then I go to the set. Then night, he was like, "Let's go watch the boxing match together." I go watch the boxing match. And then, man, just like a, a for real friendship just blossomed, like, out of nowhere. But he's, you know, he works hard where he's from. People not supposed to make it out. He did. He's always back there in the community. Loves his family, his brothers, everybody. He's had a crazy career. Yeah. When you think about the the rapping. And then the all, modeling. The, the, modeling. the modeling. And then the all modeling. the different types of roles. He's not a one. He's not a one-note actor. No. He plays comic. He plays action. He plays drama. The producing. Did you watch Entourage when you were go, like coming up? Nah, I didn't. I mean, I've seen it, but like, yeah, not that because like that, that was a whole thing that even though he wasn't even in it, mm-hmm. that put him in a lane for for a certain type of audience because they're like, okay, I don't know much about Mark Wahlberg, but I assume his life is yeah. like that. 
It's something like that. Like obviously they're they're losing we should based do a, off everybody. We, next episode we're gonna do a power rankings of Mark Wahlberg roles. Look, shooter is one to me. <laughs> oh my god. Shooter, shooter, I don't care what really you say. That movie. Bob Lee Swagger <laughs> is terrible. Get the it's fuck terrible. out of here. I don't tell Mark no, I said that. No, no. The shooter is a board on the road what? movie. When that movie's on TV, you watch it. It won like 30 Oscars. No, <laughs> it <laughs> <laughs> Mm, did you ever see? Great. Did you ever see Departed? Yeah, Departed. That's a good movie Departed. Too. His, yeah, that's, that's a, a good, good movie. Departed actually good movie won best too. Movie. It's a good movie too. Unlike the other one, two as in as okay. well. Also, Mark was great in Shooter. I can't say the rest for the rest of the cast. I'm just not. That's all that, not that, all that matters. Bob Lee Swagger. He will shoot your face off with a rifle with a thing on the end. The fighter is like one of the Fighters best boxing too. The one with made. Christian Bale. Yeah, that movie's yeah. crazy good. He's Batman, so I like him. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about this wine. This is this is only the second time I've ever drank while doing the podcast. Mm-hmm. The other time I did was with Kyrie Irving in London, and I said that I didn't believe in dinosaurs. So. Hopefully you said that. I did. Oh. Yeah. We're <laughs> he said the earth was we're flat. We were at 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah. 2 a.m. after a game. We were a little it. delirious. Um, tell us a little about about the wine. About the this wine. This specific wine. Yeah. I don't know too much shit about it. I told you that. Like <laughs> I can't. I can barely pronounce the motherfucker. I just know that it's from my birth year. Okay. It's uh. It's from Bordeaux. All right. Uh. That's basically all I got for you as of right now. Okay. I'm still learning though. I'm still. It's I'm beautiful. Still studying up on it. Thank you. It's beautiful. I'm still studying up on it because I, I think that's a big thing that I want to do uh, after my career is like start my own winery. Legit. Like go, y'all never see me again type. Like you're going to be the farmer? You're doing, you're a winemaker? Yo, yo, you're going to hire a winemaker? Yes. Okay. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't. I'm just saying winemaking is farming. It's one and the same. Yeah. But I'm not, yeah. I'm not going to do it. Okay. Like you, <laughs> okay. you have a podcast, but you don't make the fucking mics. See what I'm doing? <laughs> exactly. Don't do that. What do you do? Like, what would you be doing right now in New Orleans if you weren't taping with us? Like, what do you do on the road? I'm playing dominoes with a few teammates. Man, other than that, I, I read a lot of books. I read a lot of books just to, like, update myself, especially on the wine stuff. Yeah. Then me and my my trainer, James, he's always passing me different books to read. and it's What's just the best like, thing recently? To me, look, I, I stick by this, uh, The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari. Look, you read that book, it got you thinking about everything in life. And I read that shit. I started selling everything. For real. Because it's like, you don't need all of this stuff. Yeah, You really don't. You don't. You really don't. You don't. Just because you can get it doesn't mean that you really need it. Was there something you did when you signed your contract? This one? Yeah. Nah. Did the same shit. Yeah. Oh, well, I mean, I, I celebrated a little bit differently. And I was turning 32, so it kind of- Where'd you go? I uh, was in Barcelona. Oh, nice. We was in, we was in Barcelona and me and the guys just so you had took a, blast. a PJ. Yeah. Thanks for the invite. No doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Look, let's if go. There was let's room go on wine. the plane. If there was room on the plane, JJ, I I'm inviting invite, man. Podcast. Y'all see <laughs> me? Y'all see this? Let's go to let's go to um Burgundy this summer. I I'm supposed to go. Let's but, go. But let's go, but you got to pay for the PJ. That's fine. Okay. All right. Yeah, we'll go. Without a doubt. <laughs> we'll go. I'm I'm down. Is there anyone else in the league who is at your level, dominoes wise? No. Mm-mm. How like will you play guys in the team? Yeah, and I'm gonna win every time. So do they like stop wanting to play you? Nah, you know it's kind of like everybody cheers because 
I talk so much shit that it's like when he does lose, which I have lost before. Yeah. But it's like, yes, he finally fucking lost. And then I get back on my win streak. When uh, we were teammates in Philly, I was part of the Boo Ray game. So yeah. Boo Ray, ideally, you play with four players. We had five players. And then Jimmy, when he got traded, became the sixth player. Yeah. And it took me all of one round <laughs> to get the fuck out of the game. Wait, who else was he in the game? is the most oh, I'm reckless. reckless player I'm reckless. I've ever Don't seen care. in my life. Who else Don't was in the care. game? Uh, Amir. Me, yeah, Amir. Joel. Joel. Bub. Oh, our security <laughs> guard. Bub. Our security Bub broke guard. ass. Uh, Wilson Chandler. Hey, Wilson. Yeah. 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 That was it. And I played, I played one round. And it's like... First of all, there's an almost not enough cards if you have six players. Without a it doubt. gets a little dicey with the cards, but be, because he would just stay in every time, the pot was just like it but was enormous. It is the goal up there because then but everybody can get out. out of the game. It just became a random crapshoot. Play, get your <laughs> ass booed about the pot. Do you do? Do you do Vegas or anything? Nah, I don't really. I don't really gamble like that in casinos. I'll gamble with. My teammates, because I know whenever I lose, you're going to treat me to dinner, and I'm going to buy 13 bottles just like this. So <laughs> I'm really right getting my money back either yeah. way it goes. One of my favorite stories from last year was uh, when we were in Salt Lake City, and we uh, we had dinner after the game. Oh, yeah. You're damn and, right. And there was like, we, we probably had 13 of the 15 guys show up to dinner. Mm-hmm. A couple guys brought their people. Uh, maybe one person brought... Their wife, maybe? Yeah. I think there was somebody's wife who was there. So there was 20 people there, whatever. Killed it. Probably ordered 12 bottles of wine. Oh, yeah. And I had the the company credit card for the Sixers. (laughs) And I look over as we're like kind of finishing up the bill. And Jimmy had ordered like three sick bottles to go. (laughs) (laughs) We out of here. Give me the company card. (laughs) You got to do it. You you got the card. You got to take advantage. Come on, man. It was a great team function, though. It really was. It was. Took full advantage of it. We've we've talked about we talked about this with with Zach in Chicago. We talked about with a couple guys about like how different teams have different dynamics in terms of like how social everybody is. Do you think it like makes a difference? Like a team is a team getting along or hanging out on the road? Like, can you have a good team if you don't do any of that, or does it sort of not matter? I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I really don't. Like, I think that you can get along with each other on the court and make it work. But sooner or later, like if you don't like the individual, it, it'll, it'll start to, to trickle its way on the court. If you don't like to be around them, cause you're around them like so often that if, if you're not vibing with the motherfuckers off the court a little bit, like if you just, I mean, I got to avoid it, but I'm going to just handle my, my business on the court. It don't work like that. It don't. Cause now in the back of your head, it's like, I really don't fuck with this dude, but he's my teammate. Like, I think everybody got to be on a, on the right page or you just got to be honest about it. Like if you honest about it, be like, yo, look, I don't fuck with you, but I'm coming to win, which a lot of people not going to say and do. I think that's okay. But people are not just going to come here. Like, yo, look, we're here to win. I don't fuck with you, but let's win this championship. No, nah, I don't work like that. You, you, you've been in both locker rooms, right? You've experienced yeah. both sides of that. Yeah. Have you ever told someone I don't fuck with you? Uh, Maybe not in those words. I'm trying to think. Nah. No, 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 no. Because, I, man, look. Sometimes I wish that guys would just say that to each other. I, 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 I agree. think that's. It's not that I don't fuck with you. You may not fuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. But you that's won't say it. That's a good point. It. Yeah, that's a you good point. You won't say it. That's a good point. 
Um, Are they just scared to say it to you? Probably so. Probably so. But uh, not too many people are like real ones, quote unquote, or that's going to tell you exactly how it is. I would like to think that I am like that. Like, I'm going to tell you when you're on some bullshit. I'm going to tell you when I think that you could do better, yada, yada, yada. And I think people don't like that. But a lot of people aren't like that. Like, they're not going to tell you like that. Was last year difficult for you? Yeah. Not uh, just getting traded, but the yeah, whole no, shit yes, in the summer preseason. Yes, yeah. Hell yeah, it was difficult. Man, it, it, was, it was so different. And I, on any given day, me as a as a person, as a player, I didn't know who the fuck was in charge. I think that was that was my biggest thing. I didn't know what the fuck to expect whenever I would go into the to the gym, whenever I go into the plane, whenever I go into the game. I was like, man. I would think I was as lost as the next motherfucker. Meaning there was just there was a just, lot of voices. Yeah. And a lot of input so much, from a lot of different places. And just so much going on on any yeah. given day. I was like, yep, I guess I'm just here to work. I didn't even know who to talk to. At what point did you like realize that? At what point did... And that fucking <laughs> meeting in the office that I told you that. <laughs> I told you that. I was like, I cannot believe... Wait, when he brought... When Brett when he brought, brought... So uh, Brett brings me... You, Joe and, ben. Joe and Ben. This is pre-Tobias trade. Yeah. Was this before or after the, inf- like, obviously, I'll, I'll tell my side of the story about what happened in Portland with yeah. you with you in the meeting. Yeah, that, that, that got reported. This, this is before or after that. I don't before. remember. It was before. It was okay. before. Before we went on that West Coast trip yeah. then. Yeah, okay. It was before. And we're all sitting in there yeah. and nothing got accomplished at all. So I was like, and I told you this as we walked out. JJ, why would I ever go back in there again? Nothing's getting accomplished. Nobody's saying nothing to anybody. And we just sitting in here watching film and you can literally hear the thing just clicking. And we all just looking around. And but you gotta think. Now I'm just like what I may have been two, three weeks there tops. Yeah, it was the first first month. Yeah, probably, yeah. Easily. So, you know what? I'm sent back and I'm watching. I ain't saying nothing because don't nobody know me like that. When I first got to Philly, what did you think of me? I I, I didn't know. I I, I did, but if you I, if I you go by what you read, yeah. what do you what do you think? Oh of me? yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. So I'm sitting that back, right. and I'm relaxed. I'm like these motherfuckers think I'm an asshole, anyways. Let me be quiet. So I'm sitting back. I'm hearing it. Click, click. I'm looking around. Click, click. All right, guys, let's go practice. Why did we just go through this? <laughs> <laughs> That's literally what's going on in my head. So I come to you. I said, JJ. Why would I go back in there again? We didn't do nothing. Nothing got accomplished. So now we fast forward to however many uh, weeks is over there and we're in Portland. And then that happens during the film session because once again, wasn't nobody saying nothing. So who was the individual that decided <laughs> to finally say something? Here's the fucked up part. You did one thing wrong. What did I do? I, nothing you said about the team <clears throat> was wrong. I thought your interaction with Brett that day was like a normal interaction. I don't know why it got reported the way it did. Because of me. Yeah, because you were coming off whatever happened in Chicago, whatever happened in Minnesota. Yeah, I get it. But nothing was weird. <laughs> but so he's like, basically, he's like, there's some tweaks to the offense. I think some other guys on the team feel the same way. 
And who did he throw under the bus? I didn't throw you him threw, under the bus. You threw the nicest guy. You I threw did T.J. Throw, McConnell under the bus. I did not throw him under the bus. Brett I did, goes, not, Brett I did goes, not say. He goes, I did not say his name. <laughs> I did Brett not goes, say his name. Jimmy goes. T.J. wants more pick and roll. I did not say that. I did not say that. This is what I did. Okay. I, I did not say T.J. He said, "Who else feels the type of way about it?" Now, keep in mind, everybody comes to talk to me because they know I'm not afraid to be the asshole. So. Obviously, I talked to him. Brett asked a great question. Who else feels the type of way about something? All I did, I didn't hear nothing behind me. I just knew somebody was going to speak up because I had talked about five people. Crickets. So I turned around, and the first person I just happened to lock eyes with was TJ. So Monty goes, yo, no, for real, now's the time. TJ was like, well, you know, I was like, TJ, man, yo, Say what you got to say. And I love TJ. I talk to TJ all the time. But but I just feel like like it's okay to, to speak your mind. Ain't nothing wrong with it. The worst thing that Brett could have said was, fuck you. No. And then you just go back to just being quiet. But <laughs> at least you get to say what you got to say. <sighs> you know how I feel about Brett. Yeah. I, I, like, I, like, I love Brett and all that. And I, I know your relationship wasn't the same, but. Sure was not. Towards the end of the year, though, as we sort of we did sort of tweak how the offense was run, especially in the playoffs mm-hmm. where you were playing on the ball more. Did that relationship evolve at all? Or was it strictly a professional relationship? Uh, I would say it was professional, but to this day, I don't, I don't think that that was, I don't think that that was fair to, to switch over like that. Even though I think we played great basketball like that. I don't think it was fair because the entire year being had the ball the entire year yeah. Ben had the ball. Yeah. So you mean to tell me that in one playoff series, you just switch it up like that? I would be like he was. I would be, I would feel a type of way. I would feel a type of way. I would think that it's fucked up to play one way the entire year and then be like, you know what? Boom. This is how we're going to do it. And I, I used to tell bro, I was like, bro, I think we should mix in me handling the ball a little bit. No, we do A to B. We do this. Cool. But I, 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 w- I would be pissed. And I, I didn't, I mean, I'm not going to complain about it, but I don't think that that was the best way of of doing it, in in my opinion. When that when that Kawhi shot went in, yeah, what was going through your head? What was going through my head? Uh, a lot. A lot was going through my head, man, and I already knew how I believe it would have worked out if that shot wouldn't have went in, and we go into overtime and we win. Um, so. The shot goes in. We go back to the locker room. I'm I'm in awe a little bit. And then after, like, everything settles down, the first thing that uh, comes to my mind, legit, is will I be back here? Will I have an opportunity to do this again with these guys? I, and to tell you the truth, I had a feeling that it would be a no. I had a feeling that it would be a no. Um, but I, I would say that, that that's the first thing that that ran through my head was, yo, are we actually going to be able to run this back? And if I'm being honest, I was like, nah, it's not going to happen. That was my first thought, too. Yeah. Was like, well, not my first thought. There's the disappointment. There's yeah, the no, tears. No, there's the hug your teammates. Yeah. But then, like, it's like the realization, like, shit, I might not, might not get this close again. Right? You, you think that? I knew I wasn't coming back when I had my exit meeting with Elton and he didn't t- say that to me, like, we don't want you back. I just knew like, I was only going to go back there if they had no other options. Mm. Basically. I really, that's how, I mean, 
That was the vibe I got in that meeting. So I kind of knew. I kind of knew. When did you know? <laughs> oh, shit. I knew I wasn't going back. I, now, before I say this sentence, do you think I'm like just that hard to work with? <laughs> Am I hard to work is this with? From the, is this the phone call after free agency? Is this from the phone call? Is this what you're talking about? No, no, no. This is, this is before the phone no, call. I don't think you're hard to work right? with. Yeah. No, I'm not hard to work with. So I ain't throwing nobody under the bus since you think that I seem to throw people under the bus. Somebody told me a main reason that I, I didn't go back was because somebody asked, can you control him? Like, can you control Jimmy? If you can control Jimmy, we would think about having him back. I was like, you don't got to worry about it. Shit, can't nobody fucking control me. For one, I ain't just out there doing no bullshit. But the fact that you're trying to control a grown man, nah, I'm cool. Because I don't do nothing that's just drastically fucking stupidly crazy. I do not do that. So don't sit here and come at me with the, oh, we got to try to control him. You good. Don't even worry about it. And that was that was my what you call it. You ain't got to worry about me coming. I'm not. If that's what y'all worried about, if that's what y'all worried about, I think, man, good luck to y'all. At what point in free agency? I mean, was this? Oh, this was uh before this was early. Yeah, early. Yeah, yeah, super early. Super early. Super early. And then it's so all kind of change. You start mind. have to exploring other things. Shit, thought I was, <laughs> I was knee deep in that already. <laughs> Shit. Shit, I already, already, already. Uh, Really knew what it was. Like when I heard about Miami, you know, we we talked about it as a as a group, me and my family, me and my trainers, and all of that stuff. It all, man, it all worked out. And then obviously, when the meeting came around, we sitting in there, and we talking, talking about the roster, man, talking about obviously, I had sunshine, what everybody already knows, but the way that they just do shit, you know, we work every single day. It's nothing drastic, but we do work. We expect you to to come in here and, and help us win. We're not trying to lose. No, never. Every single year, we're in it to win it now. We ain't worried about three years. We, we can't control that. And that's how I think. I think like, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do tomorrow. Yesterday's gone, but right now, I'm going to be the best version of me that I can be. And that's how Miami does it. I don't know how every other team do it. I could tell you how Chicago does it, Minnesota does it, and Philly does it. But Miami's way different than all of those teams that I just named. You seem much happier. Hell yeah. I get to be me. I ain't worried about nobody trying to control me, first of all. <laughs> That's some fucked up shit. Talking about you trying to control somebody. Uh, but I get to be me. And, and being who I am every single day is exactly what they ordered. I, I, I say what I want to say the way I want to say it. I think I've gotten better at relaying it to this guy, that guy, this woman that's walking around, whatever it may be. But they know that where it's coming from is from the heart, and it's because I want to win. Like, I don't have time. Like, Tyler knows, and I think me and Tyler have a mutual respect. Yeah. If I see some bullshit with you, Duncan, Bam, whoever it is, I'm, I'm telling you right there, it might have some cuss words in it, but no, because I know that you could do better. I know that you could be better. I've seen it. I've seen that. If I ain't seen it, I probably wouldn't get as mad as I probably would. But I care about winning, and I care about them as an individual. Legit. You have any good uh, Pat Riley stories? Not, not yet, man. Not yet. 
I'm waiting for some shit to go drastically wrong when that <laughs> motherfucker come and that bitch kicking shit. I mean, he really is. He's one of the very few active sort of NBA OGs. It's the best. Where, like he'll do it eventually. It's the best. I hope that it never comes to that point. Yeah. I love having like you talking about a winner. He's done it. Yeah. I was curious about you in general in those situations when like something like that happens. Everyone makes a big thing about it on Twitter for da da da. Are you thinking about it like two days later or are you just like, I don't give a shit? Like, because you're a competitor, so you're playing. I'm not thinking about the altercation. I don't care. Nobody's fighting, okay? Yeah. Nobody's fighting. I'm thinking about what's said in the altercation. That's what gets me. That's what took it there. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're not fighting. We get it. Still don't understand why I got fined more. Whatever. But what was said is what got me. So I'm just like, yo, look, now I'm thinking about that. And that that's what I'm saying. It's not, it's not about the foul and this and that. It's, it's about like some stuff you just do not say. Yeah. I felt like the line was crossed. And that's what I was thinking about two days, three days, two months. When do you play them again? March twice. There you go. <laughs> it's on his IG page. <laughs> circled in red or with black, whatever it's do circled. Th- do you think that... And I think Phillies obviously might be an example of this, but do you think that teams can have just too many alphas? Well, what's your definition of an alpha? So, I mean, I think you could probably define it in a couple of different ways, but you are obviously an alpha, not just in terms of like on the court production. You're talking about like really good players? No, but it's not just really good players. It's just like the person who has to be the star. You're the star. Every team you go on, you're the star. But can it, if you versus JJ is a, Mm-hmm. Amazing shooter, but he's a he fits in. He's a really smart player. He's I'm a very not, smart I'm player. Not a, I'm not a beta though. But he's not <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't call him an alpha. <laughs> and so I'm but, not an alpha but so player. He's an alpha difference. off the court. He's an alpha <laughs> yeah. when it comes to food blogs. Yeah. No, <laughs> you do that, you're a foodie. And watches and expensive restaurants. He's an alpha you, when it comes what to are you saying here, Tommy. You've dug yourself right. a hole here, guy. You gotta deal with that. I don't have I to gotta deal with, with this after the fact. But so, you know, obviously a team like Philly with, with you. Well, you talk about really good players. Yes. Not JJ. Not JJ. Yeah, right? Forget JJ. Forget JJ for a second. What the, why do they call him JJ anyways? <laughs> is that a thing? Is that a thing now that you've been on, this is your fourth locker room with all different iterations of this. Is that a thing where you can have too much of a good thing? That's in everything in life to me. Too much of a good thing can turn into a bad thing. Now, I go back to what I'm saying. But if you if you know and you have like, okay, yeah, you can have three or four alphas or whatever it is, but like you gotta know which one is really the one. You know? Yeah. Like I think whenever you you put it in order and you make sure that everybody's playing their role and playing it to a T, it can work. But when everybody don't know what's going on on any certain day, you don't know. It's 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 not gonna work that way. But you 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 gotta boom, this is it, this is it, this is it, this is it. And I can tell you that it works because we do it in, in Miami. This motherfucker Spo would come in the locker room and Duncan, why in the fuck did you dribble the ball inside the three? Like, we'd be like, what? Like, he's hooping. Duncan, you're a fucking shooter. Shoot the fucking ball. But that's letting Duncan know, like, it's all right for me to shoot 23s. Right. Nobody's gonna get mad at me because that's what I do. You see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if you're supposed to go out there and guard, go out there and guard. Don't go out there and try to, I mean, 
if you can score 50, score 50, but don't go out there thinking like, oh, I'm not going to guard. Nah, Spoke going to let you know. And I feel like on any given team, everybody got to know their role from the jump. If if And if it changes, it changes. But then you talk about that as well. But if, if you don't know your role, it's different. It's difficult. I feel like someone saying, I don't know my role is code for I don't like my role. I agree. Because there's like, let's just talk about with like really good players, as, yeah. as Tommy said. Yeah. Like, so, so let's say a team. <laughs> so I'm not Fuck talking you. about myself. Of course. No, just Honestly, for argument's sake, take him out of it. <laughs> B or C level. Okay. So for, uh, for really good players, let's say there's three or four on a team, uh-huh. right? Obviously, someone's going to have to sacrifice. If there's not like a clear delineation and on a team, not like in competition between two different teams, but on a team, it's not necessarily you want to be competitive with those guys. That can lead to a little friction. So I think there's got to be someone, either a player, a coach, someone that sort of delineates who that guy is or who that one or two guy is. And then ultimately, you need to have guys who have the personality and are able to mm-hmm. sacrifice. Great example of this, obviously, Miami Heat with the big three. Right, Bosch had to be the guy that sacrificed. You saw early on with D Wade and LeBron, they're friends, obviously, but there was that sort of tug and pull. Who's the guy? And then once LeBron became the guy, they win championships. Yeah, but I would say all three of those guys had to sacrifice. Now, yeah, like not saying that like LeBron didn't have to sacrifice. He he for sure did. But I think where me and you are like not having a disconnect, but you're saying. If somebody says, I don't know my role, that means that they don't like their role, right? I'm saying it shouldn't even come to that. Before you don't know your role, I'm in charge. I'm going to tell you what your role is. So you don't even have to worry about not knowing your role. You see what I'm saying? Like, that's like whenever teams now, they're trying to shoot layups or shoot the three, right? If anybody on any certain team decides, you know what? I'm going to shoot mid-range jump shots, okay? Let's just take the Houston Rockets, for example. Who shoots mid-range jump shots on the Rockets? Russ. Russ, right? Okay, great. Russ is the player that can do that. His role, yo, shoot that fucking mid-range jump shot. Now, when Ben McElmore decides to shoot mid-range jump shots, he may get in trouble. That's not your role. But I think they have that figured out, so it's okay. They make that work. That's what I'm saying. You didn't have to question if, oh, coach, can I shoot? I don't know if I can shoot. Nah. You be you. You be the player that you be. I'm saying, like, if you don't know your role, yeah, you probably don't like your role. But if you know it and you don't like it, that's your fault. Correct. Correct. And you have to to be willing to embrace and star in your own role. Exactly. I guess my point was, not my point, but I guess my observation will be that it's not on every team that you know your role because it's not – there's not that delineation or the coach doesn't say it or That's the true. best player doesn't say it or the culture doesn't sort of That's true. adhere to that. Where That's true. It's a little confusing. Yeah. Especially if you're be. a young guy. And, and I was going to say, if you're a young yeah. guy, that shit's going to be hard. You're trying to figure it out. That shit's yeah. going to be hard. Was yeah. it like that with the Clippers? Uh, I was telling <laughs> I was telling someone this the other day. Doc would, at some point in preseason, not necessarily like the first day of camp, but at some point in preseason, we would start practice and we'd come in for the, you know, Mm-hmm. One, two, three together at the jump circle. And he would stop it and he would just say, I'm going to tell you your roles today. And he, we, he'd go around the room. And sometimes you didn't like what you you heard or whatever. Um, and one, my last going in my last year. So the year before was Steph's unanimous MVP. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I had led the league in three-point shooting that year. So going into the next year, we're in preseason, and he's going through his role. And obviously, you know, he's like, Chris, you're, you're the lead ball handler, you're a playmaker, you're a defender, whatever. Goes through everybody, he gets to me, and he's like, JJ, you're one of our shooters. And I don't know why, but it bothers me so much that he said that. I'm like, one of our shooters, man. I'm fucking the shooter guy. <laughs> I don't know the why that you bothered think this me is? so much. I'm a fucking alpha. <laughs> alpha goddamn shooter. I'm a really good player. <laughs> no, wow. No, but Doc was great with that. No, yeah. Stan was great with that. Those two guys, at least Tips. my experience in the NBA, those were the two best with that. Yeah. You knew exactly what you were supposed to do. Like, Stan, you knew exactly what you're supposed yeah. to do. And you stayed within that. And if you started within that, maybe that next year, you might get a little bit more. But it was like a gradual build. Yeah, for sure. Because it was like, if you if you do your role and he does his role and he does his role, we have a chance to win. Yeah. And that's all that fucking matters. Right. You think your career would have been different if you hadn't come into the league with Tibbs? Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. Because he sort of taught you yeah. how to work? Mm-hmm. He didn't play me, and I'm gonna keep saying that until he feels bad that for not playing me. And I'm not, I'm not gonna say it was because of Tibbs. I came into the league with some, some really good vets, like Luau. When I would get pissed off, he would be like, "You got to keep working. Your time's gonna come. Trust me." Yada yada yada. Booze, Joe Kim, um, D Rose. Everybody was like, "You got to work. Your time is is gonna happen. You're here for a reason, um, but you got to be ready because if you're not, it's on you." Yeah. So. As much as it was Tibbs, it was even more my teammates at the time that that taught me you got to work no matter what. So, um, you know, a lot of a lot of props and it, it got to be said about them. They they kept me in it. That is that is some of the luck of all this stuff of like. There's so much luck in everything, though. Know? Yeah. Like. Luck is a, a part of, of life, you know, talent, skill, God given all of that stuff is part of it. But I got lucky to end up going to Marquette because if Buzz when it just came down. Um, to my junior college and had already had Joe Fols going, he would have never met me. I would have never met him. The chances of me going to Marquette, even lower now. Like luck is a, luck is a part of everything. Yeah. We did, we did a thing on the, uh, our last show with Drew. We were talking about top five. What'd you call it? Back alley. I didn't call it anything. This was a Twitter question. I so top, the question. top five, top five, basically back the alley. Guys you wouldn't want to run into. In a back, in a dark yeah. alley. James Johnson is number one. That's what we have. James Johnson will kick your fucking face off. Like, without a doubt. James is is a bad dude. I don't know. I never really fucking thought. I just, I know James is, look, that's my dog, too. Who do too. we have? We had Pat. We had Beverly. We had James, because he can fight. Yeah. We had Aaron Baines. Baines. We didn't have the Morrises, because you couldn't pick one of the two of them. So they were off coming off the bench. So they were like sixth and seventh men. We had Smart. PJ. And you, I can't remember if you were in the starting five though. Okay, I, I take six man. Well, Shit. you were also definitely the. You're definitely the only all star. There's no one else. Who was, those are those eight guys. Is there anyone who's like a low key, just like a vet or something like that that people wouldn't think about? But you're like, just don't fuck with that guy. I mean, I, to tell you the truth, I, I would say UD. I really would. I would say UD. UD still one. go about shit like he's 17 years old. Like in like yo look. I'm Miami to the death of me. This is this is he what I do. Hard, yeah, 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 yeah. Rightfully so. Yeah. Um, he loves his city. He loves his state. Then it's right back to him. Um, but he's one that I'm. I'm glad he in my corner. I tell you that. When was the, the was the last good NBA fight? CP and Rondo, like where there was actually punches thrown. 
Has there been one this year? I feel like there was. There's there, a good college fight this year. Kansas yeah. one. Yeah, that was a chair. <laughs> maybe, maybe. You could be right. Like the only scuffle we've had for a while is the TJ Warren, Jimmy Butler Jimmy. scuffle. Well, you're no. right because no one wants to fight. It's too, it's too much money. Ain't nobody fighting. Ain't nobody it's fighting. too much. You got to do something like crazy, crazy in like, order to like. Like spit on someone. Yeah, that 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 yeah. might do it. Yeah. That just that might do it. aggravate someone. Yeah, just <laughs> could, a little bit. What was, the, what was the all-star thing you were saying when we were walking in? Man, I think all-star is just, there's just too much that's going on. You know what I'm saying? Like, is it about the players really? I mean, I, I I love the fans, but sometimes, like, you really do need a break. And then, like, you know, everybody wants to experience All-Star. Like, if JJ's an All-Star, man, you're alpha in my book, right? So all your boys, <laughs> all your boys want to come to All-Star, right? Yeah. So let's just say, give me a number. How many people you bring to All-Star? Uh, Knox and Kai. Okay, that's two. <laughs> Chelsea, three. Uh, and then I probably, I mean, if I if I made the All Star game, yeah. oh, I've got like my whole family, all the cousins and nephews, uh, probably some friends. I'd probably say like 30, 30, 30 people, right? Yeah, for the weekend, right? For the weekend, right? Yeah. And um, you want them all to come watch you play an All Star game for sure. Right? Experience the weekend with me. You know what I mean? Why you got to buy thirty tickets? Why do you get one hotel room from the league? That's what I'm saying. Like, it's it's All Star supposed yeah. to be about the player, like. They should you, have a you kinda, They should have a whole, a whole hotel, basically. That's all yeah, that I'm saying. Yeah. I, I feel as though, like we we gotta go. It's not like it's optional. It's not like it's optional. Like I, I think it's a a privilege and a pleasure to be able to be an all star. But look, I'm a. I would rather spend my money on on something else rather than all star ticket. Well, I also think like you know the way the NFL does it is obviously different with the Pro Bowl where it's after the season. And it becomes like you can go if you're whoever and you make the Pro Bowl, you're Pat Mahomes. Oh, he's a bad example because he was in Super yeah, Bowl, Super but Bowl. whatever. Like you can go and it's a vacation. Like you don't have to worry about going and playing again. Like for you, it's like you that just get a, on yeah. a Thursday night, you have a crazy game, you're in this mental headspace, then you got to go and deal with all this shit for three days. And luckily, they gave you a couple of extra days off. So it's not you're right back into it. But at the same point, like you got to now focus on playoffs. And no, the, and the I just stretch. think sometimes you just need you need a break. You yeah. need a break. You need it to clear your your head. And you're talking from the all-star break being from a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday start for some people all the way into that following Wednesday. That's seven days. And if you, you know, got to participate in all-star, that's taken away. And now you only got that Monday and Tuesday, then you probably got to go back. So you got, you're talking two days to spend it with your friends, families, loved ones, all of that. And then you, you, you right back to work. Like, I would think that me being me, yo, look, I, w- I wouldn't mind. I mean, I'm already in the sunshine, but going, you know, down to wherever. The Caribbean. Yeah. And enjoying I'm seven days with, with no, my people. You know next year? Cleveland? Cleveland? Indy. Indy, Indy. that's Indy. where it's at. Indy, go, they go Indy Cleveland back to back, yeah. right? Yeah, that's yeah. what it is. Indy Cleveland. I hope, by the way, I really do hope that you make All-Star the next two years. I really hope JJ's wow. got in trouble on this show before. I really for, hope for his comment. No, I mean that. It'd be a huge honor, man. Thank you, man. You know I what? Really hope I that. hope you do too, Alpha. <laughs> his his commentary on the city of Indianapolis has uh, gotten the show in. It's a great city. <laughs> it's water. a great city. <laughs> it, it's hot water before. Do you think the. It's uh, a terrific city if you're into chain steakhouses. You, exactly. <laughs> Three steakhouses right next to each <laughs> no, other. No, no, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Look. The best part of Indiana. How, though, by the way, can I just say something real quick? Sorry to interrupt. 
How is it? How, what year is this for the league? Nine or 10? This is my ninth. Okay, ninth. So this is 14 for me. How is it that we're going to Indianapolis and we're still staying at the Conrad? Can you explain that to me? That is true. How There's is another that hotel there that's nice. The one right next to Elmo's is nice. I don't know that hotel. I don't know I what don't hotel is. Know what Elmo's I think it's like teams still stay at the Conrad. It's the same. It's like the hotel has not been updated in 14 years, at least since I've been going. Some teams stay at the uh, J. Is it J. Alexander? The, Alexander? The one the near one the arena. arena. Yeah. Yeah, I stayed there one time. They, they didn't bring my my room service. They didn't bring my room service pregame. Uh, so yeah, I, I shot two back, for 12. Back to the Conrad. <laughs> back to the Conrad. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, what's the name of the bakery that's there? Long's Bakery? Donuts are to die for. Oh, there is a bakery. Ooh. There's also a breakfast place that's supposed to be amazing. I heard that there's uh, one of our trainers, Brandon slash Brian, uh, told me about this right around the corner from... Uh, and then there's a restaurant called Bluebird or Blackbeard or Bluebeard. One of them. one of the three. <laughs> one of those. It's a thirty three percent chance that you get that right. <laughs> you got one of the words right in it. I've been there. It's good. It's good. The food there's pretty good. It's just everything's yeah. in the same three block stretch. Yeah, it's a very odd place. You don't. Uh, I have a question. You don't have to answer this, but how the fuck do you fix the bulls? How do you fix the bulls? Yeah. Because I was in Chicago. I was in Chicago. And We're going to edit that's this yeah. part. I, I was in Chicago and it was bleak. I do not know. I, I have I have no idea. Um, but I will tell you one thing. They got some players. They got some guys that can play. Now, to get them to win, I don't know. I, I hope that they do, though, because um, Chicago deserves it. Chicago deserves to, like, be in the playoffs and compete because that city cares so much. Those fans still come out to the game. And obviously, I got a lot of love for Chicago, the people there, um, the organization. Uh, but, I mean, I really do think that they're going to figure it out. I really do. They're close. They're right there. Yeah, they're they like, do have a lot of – they have a lot of talent. Yeah, they're right there. They're right there to what? To make the eighth seed. They're like a – Couple games back. Who in eight right now? Cleveland. Uh, I say Cleveland. Orlando. Brooklyn. Orlando. Orlando Brooklyn, Brooklyn are really battling out for the seventh and eighth seed. Right. Yeah. Now I, I would think Chicago is what four games outside of that. They have way more than nineteen wins, by the way. They have twenty-one wins, and they're six games back of eight. They're almost there, man. This wine is excellent, by the way. You know. Yeah. Thank you for bringing the wine. Appreciate you both. And your Thank wonderful you for sense me. of humor and candor, uh, Tommy. Cheers to you, bud. Cheers.